episode 26 of the Yankee Chambers podcast with Matt Ledoux. I am Joey LaFranca. Opening day has come and gone, and the Yankees are 1-0, and and the Red Sox are 0-1. Doesn't get too much better than that, Matt. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, in terms of recording this, we're, what, we're roughly five minutes after the game, so, yeah, you know, the, the emotions raw, are, raw are emotion. pretty raw. Raw, raw emotion. So How about gotta, Josh Donaldson picking up I, Garrett Cole? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed with just the way the game went as a whole today. Were there some negatives? Yes, yeah, sure. We'll get into that, but let's highlight the positives. Josh Donaldson gets the walk off RBI single, just a single up the middle, not a blast, nothing crazy. Just gets the job done, puts the ball in play, doesn't do anything crazy. Isaiah kind of Falefa scores uh, six, five Yankees win. And honestly, when you just look at everything that happened today, situational hitting is at the right time. Glaber Torres has the sacrifice fly with the bases loaded. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa almost gets to, uh, he has the 10-pitch at bat. I think it went to 11 pitches, right? He almost, yep. you know, gets, gets past and, and gets a game-winning hit of his own. But leading up to that, you have Cole just absolutely doesn't have anything in the first inning. He finds a way to battle back, um, gives the Yankees some innings. Then Rizzo gives them a nice little jolt right in the bottom of the first, hits the two-run homer. Stanton hits the freaking missile that I saw a bunch of things on Twitter where it's like, oh, yeah, there's only a home run in Yankee Stadium. One of my buddies who's a Mets fan, he tweeted out stuff, and I was going back and forth with him a little bit. Him and I have a good relationship, though. It's not, like, toxic or anything, but I, I, I tweeted out him. I said, salty. And it's a good uh, thing we're playing at Yankee Stadium, right? I know, I know. And then I and then I wanted to I didn't I didn't say this guy, I didn't have the time because I just got too sidetracked, but I thought it would have been pretty funny that it said if that ball hit Mr. Met, it would have given him a given him a concussion. Um but <laughs> yeah, I would didn't want to say that though. Um but then you know the Red Sox go ahead again, Bogart, I think it was Bogart's, right? He had that little deep yeah. single. Little dunk, and then, yeah. And then DJ with the big, big home run. I mean, and you see so much emotion from him, right? I mean, that's weird so- coming from him. Yeah, right. I mean, but that just shows, you, you know, that that right there shows how much uh, I think this whole spring and this whole ordeal of like, you know, you're not going to play every day and all of this and that. You can see like there was a little bit of emotion there that came out. I think that's all that pent up, you know, maybe passive aggressiveness, you know, that emotion that leads into the, the situation that the Yankees have this year, basically having that one extra guy. Um, we say that now too, you know, somebody's going to go down with an injury yeah. at some point and it's all going to work itself out in that way. Um, I, I don't say that hoping it happens, but just with the way a baseball season works, you know, that's going to happen, but needless to say, great win for the Yankees today. They battle back Michael King, by the way, two really great innings as well. Really huge. And, and Clay Holmes, you can't really, you can't really down his performance today at all. I mean, just, just some hits, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then even even Miguel Castro is a couple a couple couple uh you know bad bad start you know has that walk or what and whatnot, but then eventually finds it finds a way out of it. So a lot of positives today. Um, and ultimately, I I think you know I know Josh Donaldson got the game winning hit, but I think my player of the game today is actually Glaber Torres. You know, I thought this team being able to rebound from a a rough first inning at a Cole. I mean, and rough is putting it lightly, I think. I mean, Joey, I know we were texting and he had the four pitch walk. And then of course Devers follows it up with a home run and yeah. we're both kind of texting like, well, where is this going to go? Um, I thought the team responding immediately Rizzo with, uh, you know, with the two run Homer and kind of looking to the dugout, like, 
you know, let's go. It's a new year. Um, I mean, that's, that's the kind of start that, you know, and I, I don't want to harp on last year's team because obviously that's in the past and this is a new year, but I mean, this is the kind of game that last year's team, I mean, they maybe roll over and die after that and make a late push to come back. Um, but for this team to battle back, I mean, immediately and just to continually come back and um, down three, nothing to down three, two, and then to tie it and down four, three, just the resilience of this team. And we talked about DJ showing the emotion. I mean, that's the edge. That's that's the FU that that Aaron Hicks was talking about that this team has. And right, right. Uh, I mean, all around. I mean, there were some negatives. It's it's game one of one sixty two. But overall, you, you know, you, you somewhat stole a win today, and you feel great about it. I mean, compared to you know where, what we could be sitting here talking about. Do I, I? I think that's interesting that you say that. That we kind of stole a win. I mean, I don't know. Did we really? I mean, because it wasn't like you know we had it. What? Let me put it this way: It wasn't like we hit into good luck, really. I mean, we hit what four home runs today. So when you look at that, sorry, three home, three home runs, three home runs, um, yep. three home runs today, and then you have some good hitting. I would say, if anything, I mean, and obviously. People here say, oh, you're being biased. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, Boston had some pretty fortunate hits today, some bloops here and there. I mean, the Devers home run was <laughs> – that's not a bloop. That's a, that's a blast. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, I think that was a good win for the Yankees. Yes, to a certain extent, can you say they stole it because they came back? Yeah, sure, absolutely. But they had just as many opportunities at the Red Sox, especially once they got into extras. Right, and I, I think maybe me saying they stole it is maybe – not I think right, a, I uh, think stealing it is when it's like you're down six nothing in the ninth and you you come right. back like out of the blue. Right. I think I, I think I could have worded that better, but I just look at it this way: like I mean, three batters in. I mean, the Bluebirds were could have turned. It could have been ugly. I mean, in in the back of my mind, I mean, maybe this was just me being kind of. I mean, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but I wasn't sure if Garrett Cole was getting out of the first inning. No, I mean, and we, we said when we were texting back and forth, I said I was like, he's not going to get it out of the first inning. I mean, I mean, yeah. nothing was working. He had no pitch working, no. nothing at all. I mean, and then all of a sudden he threw a couple of those, you know, the slide, whatever it is, the slider or the cutter or whatever he likes to throw with a little bit of that movement. I think that was a really key pitch for him today because that just allowed him to find something. Yeah, and and I mean, you look at it. I mean, four pitch walk to the very first batter of the game. You're oh, all right, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Devers, I mean, right on cue, Devers with the homer off, and Devers just seems to own Cole. And then Bogarts, I mean, hits the liner over over Gallo's head, so you're kind of thinking, I mean, oh, here we go again with this. Um, but no, I think him being able to rebound and him being able to, to stay in the game, keep the Yankees in the game, I thought that was huge. I think it showed just, you know, the kind of pitcher he is. He's a vet. He's a guy who isn't going to get rattled out there, isn't going to implode. Um, and then again, from the bullpen, you know, you like to see Chad Green with a with a nice clean inning there after the year he had last year. Yeah. Clay Holmes, you can chalk it up to a couple, you know, to some bad luck. Um, did I see Wandy Peralta hit 97? Yeah, what afternoon? the heck's up with that? Ooh. Hey, that's crazy. Wandy's, got, um, Wandy's just got a different – he's got a different level. Wandy's different this year. It's a new <laughs> level for Wandy. And then Miguel Castro – when Miguel Castro throws, I mean, it looks like he has no idea where the ball's going when no, he lets and, go of it. To be completely honest, I mean, that's got to be terrifying for a hitter, too. Um, so yeah. if I was a hitter going up against Miguel Castro, Miguel Castro, I would I would legitimately just try and make him throw three strikes. I wouldn't swing. I wouldn't swing. I no, mean, and that's why was... I'm not playing baseball, because that's a terrible approach. But, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, I just wouldn't swing. That's an Aaron Hicks approach. Yeah, it's an Aaron Hicks approach. Yeah, just take, just I mean, I mean, you talk about a guy who can take pitches. Aaron Hicks can take pitches. I mean, that, never, he's an expert. 
I think I've never seen anyone. I've never seen anyone go up there and say, you know, screw hitting. I'm just going to try and walk. Yeah. He's so reluctant to swing he, the bat. He legitimately, he's, that's legitimately what he does. And why pin homers? I mean, yeah, just get walks. Just why get pin walks. homers when I can just bat flip to the moon on walks? So we did. Yeah, go ahead. What did you think about um, Boone pinch hitting Torres for Higashioka? I mean, obviously it was the right move, but in that time, I thought it was a tough situation sending Glaber up there for, for Higgy. Well, yeah, I think it's definitely a tough situation given the circumstance that he's coming off the bench. So he's cold. Right. And you're, you know, you're facing a, you're facing a guy who let's face it. I mean, he's a two pitch pitcher, fastball slider. That makes it kind of hard in a sense, but at the same time, I think the main thing is just the ability to find a way to, um, are you okay? I just saw you come back. What just happened? <laughs> so I was reading a tweet. Oh, it just like is, blacked out. This is referring to the judge stuff and we can get into this in a little hold, bit. I don't hold, want to hold take on, away. Hold on, hold on. I, I didn't finish my thought, but like you disappeared off my screen. And I was like, oh no, where did that go? No, yeah, no, but what I was going to say was, you know, when Glaber comes up, I mean, he, he comes in cold. You want to see what he can do. And really, I mean, the first, I mean, the first, what, it was, the first was it the first pitch? I mean, it just looked terrible. It looked yeah, like he's like, okay, yeah. he's cold. He's not going to get a hit. But he, he just found a way. He's like, okay, he's going to keep throwing me the slider. I think he was probably sitting slider. And then if he saw the fastball, he'd just try and catch up to it and foul off. Um, because that's really what it looked like. Because it didn't look like he was really trying to, like, mash the ball or anything. Um, right. But I think that's the key. So, I mean, at the end of the day, day if he were to have struck out there we would have said oh man like what a terrible situation that Boone could have put Glaber in but at the same time I mean if you want I mean the Yankees have a lot of chips on in Glaber Torres you know they could have gone a lot of different ways during the offseason but they chose to keep him he's still on the team and um, if he can stay healthy and now that he can kind of have that that mental comfort of being at second base I think that's a huge thing so yeah that's that's pretty much my thoughts on that yeah, and then obviously Donaldson coming through at the end in his his first game. I mean, what a welcome to the to the club for him. Um, and and something else I loved today too was just the defense. I mean, it was much. I mean, it was a greater improvement today. Got you didn't ever really exhale when the ball was hit to any of the the infielders. I think he had just the one hiccup with uh, Falefa at shortstop today where he kind of bobbled when it could have been a double play, but it didn't come back to bite you. It wasn't anything where you didn't get an out and you gave the team an extra out, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so when I think about a couple of the different things, just actually to mention Donaldson real quick, I think he did a really nice job today of the moment wasn't too big for him. I think at, at moments within at bats, he was trying to do too much, but when it came down to crunch time, when it was like with a two strike count or whatever you want to say, he, he knew what to do. I think he took some chances, which is fine because some of those quote unquote chances that he's going to take are going to be freaking 450 foot bombs. So that's okay too. But I was really impressed with his composure today. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on you when you get traded to the Yankees. You've got that ridiculous contract that they took all the money on. So we know, I mean, we've seen it in the past with different Yankees. They take on all this money or they sign a guy to a huge contract and then they don't perform. The The tide turns quickly when you're in the Bronx. So that was huge for Donaldson today. And and when all is said and done, too, I mean, you just look at a lot of the positives from today. A couple of negatives, you know, obviously you can point to Stanton and his four strikeouts, which just seems to be a theme for him on opening days now. So all's good there. You know, nothing's changed. I mean, he did, hit the home, 
he hit the, he hit the yeah he hit the homer today, which is great. Um, but you can you could literally see in those last two at bats, he was just guessing on everything. Guessing, he had, he, had, he yeah. had no idea, and and that's what that's the type of hitter he can be sometimes. And you know, there's there's pluses and minuses to that. Um, and then the, my only other <clears throat> my my real well I, the Garrett Cole thing that's a negative in a sense, but you know we track record says he'll be okay. Um, but my biggest, the negatives that I have are they cannot put Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo back to back in the lineup. It's a no. recipe for disaster. I mean, cause you're just not going to get enough. Um, and I, I hope I eat my words when I say this, but you're not going to get enough contact to justify them being back to back. I mean, there's going to either be, you know, sure. Could there be walks? Yeah, absolutely. But there could be, there's just could be so many, there's so many opportunities for strikeouts or just, just outs. And I, I just, I just don't like those two back to back in the lineup. And maybe we don't see that often. You know, maybe we don't, maybe, maybe moving forward, things change. Um, people are in different spots in the lineup. I will be generally curious to see what the lineup is tomorrow. Um, I think that, I think that's going to be really fascinating, but those are my, those are my negatives of the day. Um, I think the one thing that could have been a negative that wasn't was Boone putting Castro in that, in that situation. I think that could have been like a debacle. Um, but you know, he was able to get out of it and that was good because if he lets that game get out of, get out of hand in what the sixth inning, um, Yep. When it's four three and like say there's another two run single and all of a sudden it's six three. I mean, what a gut punch for the Yankees, right? You just battled back from three nothing and now you're essentially down three nothing again. Um, I think that's such a huge thing for him to have done that. And uh, honestly, those are those are my big takeaways at least from the game as a whole. And uh, for as as a Yankees fan, it's always great to win and um, it's great to have baseball back. Yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty pretty much you know agree on what the what our negatives were from the game i mean i guess if you want to consider it a negative um you know the yankees didn't get the contract extension done with aaron judge yeah Um, yeah and and now something i'm reading in the post is saying that and i don't know how accurate this is um but it says that judge asked for garrett cole's contract plus an extra year um if that's the case, this will probably be judges last year in pinstripes. Um, yeah, and I, I mean... <laughs> to that extent, look to the contract that the Yankees offered today. And I know in, in kind of like the day and age we're in now, we're very pro player and everything. We're going to just go against the owners. And I know Brian Cashman is very polarizing as well as how Steinbrenner amongst the fan base. I don't blame the Yankees one bit for not getting it done today. I think they did their part. I think the offer they made to judge was more than fair. Um, for And for a guy who says he wants to be with the Yankees for the rest of his career, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth or say judge doesn't want to be, because I think that would be unfair. And I truly do believe he wants to be here. But if that were the case, I almost feel like he signs that contract today. And I feel like there's no problem with betting on yourself. But I mean, for someone who's only played 150 games twice in his career. I feel like someone getting an eight-year contract, getting that security, not really having to worry about testing free agency again. I feel like that's something he would he would have you know kind of jumped at. But I don't know. Do you, how do you how do you feel about the way the the whole process went? And and you heard from Rosenthal, they weren't even they weren't ever close on an extension, which is kind of worrisome. I think. 
Well, I think I think the <clears throat> the whole the whole narrative is this: anytime you negotiate, at the end of the day, no party's going to be completely happy because each side's going to give in in some capacity because one side has one unreasonable want and the other side has another unreasonable want. If the Yankees could have their way, um, I don't even the contract offer that they had. That's probably more than they wanted to go to. Um, and then as far as as far as what Judge wants, I mean that's that's it's pretty drastic. Um, I, I think I do think in terms of what he has meant to the Yankees on and off the field, is he deserving of um, Garrett Cole money? I think you could say potentially. But the problem is the age. It's the age. What are you going to get at that back end of the contract and with the injury history? Um, my biggest concern is this. So they get through the season. A lot, you know, we're talking about this now. If Judge has an MVP caliber season, I mean, maybe the narrative changes. Maybe the Yankees just say, okay, you know, this guy, he's proven he can stay healthy. We'll give him a, we'll give him a, a sizable, like really good deal. Um, but if he, if he, if he doesn't, then he's bet on himself and, you know, he's got to come down in some capacity. Right. So I think that's one of the main takeaways that I have from all of this is, and, and I was joking about it, but I mean, let's face it. It's actually a reality. Now, when we talk about major league baseball and free agents, the contract offer that he wants, the only team that could legitimately actually give that with the ownership that they have right now is the Mets. It's the Mets. I'd say let them. And, but here, but here's the thing. I mean, I could legitimately see that happen just because Steve Cohen would be like, what a freaking gut punch this would be. Stick it, if, stick it to the Yankees. If we take the Yankee captain, I mean, let's face it, he's the Yankee captain. What, right, a, what a gut right. punch it would be if we, take, if we take Aaron Judge away from the Yankees and not only you know take him away from them, but put him on our team and make them see Aaron Judge in a Mets uniform. I mean, that, that's just, that would be such a critical thing. So, I, you know, this is going to be a narrative throughout the season. This will be a storyline. It is what it is. But I do appreciate the concept of not negotiating through the year. I mean, let's just see how it goes this next offseason. But with the way things have gone, you have you have the Juan Soto rumor starting, right? But at the same time, there's a lot to happen in between. And I, I just think we could talk, we could talk this through circles and circles, but at the end of the day a disappointment to know that the Yankees and Aaron judge were so far off, but at the same time, he's under contract for this year. Let's see how it goes. Um, lots of different things can change. Um, and, and that's really what we have to look to. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, I think if, if the Mets are going to offer that contract, I mean, all the power in the world's then that doesn't seem like yeah. a contract that, that is going to age. Well, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for maybe the first couple of months, even a year, but that's, I mean, God, I couldn't imagine giving someone of his age, you know, Garrett Cole type contract. It's just, it's not something that's going to age well. And I don't think from it, from, for the Yankees standpoint, it's not smart to do that. And I don't think it's something that you can do just based on liking a guy or the marketability of a guy. I mean, sure. We want right. to judge back in New York and we want to be a Yankee for his whole career, but it's got to come to an extent. It's not like we're going to sit here and blank check the man. Now, if he's 27, 28 years old, I think that it's changes things it, a little bit. It, I think it changes but it a lot. I do too. I, th- I, I think I, it changes I would, I would it a lot. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I think the main thing is this. I mean, and one of the one of the quotes that stuck out to me the most throughout all of this was I think it came out yesterday was the Anthony Rizzo quote about how there's no loyalty in baseball. Look at Freddie Freeman now on the Dodgers. Sure. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's at the end of the day, he's basically saying baseball is a business. Right. But at the end of the day, there's no loyalty in baseball. It's not a one way street. Aaron hey. Judge can also have some loyalty to the Yankees as well. I know he's their employer. Uh, he's, he's their employee. Um, but at the same time, if you go on the record and say you want to be in New York, this and that, then to a certain extent, you're expressing some type of loyalty, at least, at least on the surface, right? Maybe it's all just, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Maybe it's just all eyewash. I mean, that it could be that too. But when you look at the way Aaron Judge has been throughout his Yankees career, how much he's meant, I think he's trying to sell his himself in that regard as much as what his skill sets are. And, you know, he's very valuable to the Yankees. So we'll see how it goes throughout the year. It'll, it'll be a storyline. But I think at the same time, if the Yankees keep winning, that's not going to be a storyline. It's just not. No. Yeah. And I almost think if – I, you know, personally, I, I do think they will get the deal done at some point. Look, I don't believe this whole – deadline thing was like the deadline was today we saw with the lockout deadlines don't mean anything i mean we went deadlines from, mean nothing <laughs> yeah exactly like the yankees could come back to judge in you know mid-june early july with the contract form that he can't turn down and he could sign in it's like what was the point of the deadline i think for the yankees they leave today almost kind of like you know we're, we're we're content with with you know even though we didn't come to a deal like yeah, go out and prove that you can play another season of 150 games and put up MVP type numbers. Like, let us yeah. see it and let us be, you know, 100% sure rather than, you know, hoping. I mean, because there's, you know, I was I was thinking today, like, they could have signed him that, that contract. He could have gone out today and, I mean, blown his hamstring or something out. And <laughs> right, it's like right. all of a sudden, what's that contract looking like? So, again, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, I think it does get done. Um, I think it, if it came to a point of, like the Mets signing him, I think the Yankees would blink and be like, all right, like we, we, we aren't going to let that happen. Um, but again, like you said, it's just unfortunate because that's going to be a storyline throughout the whole year. And you know, if the Yankees are struggling come July or come the trade deadline, you know what the big story is going to be. It's, are they going to trade judge? Is judge available? You know, this and that. So, yeah, I mean, just get ready for it. No, and I mean it would be very interesting if that happened. I mean it would be it would be very interesting if something like that happened. Um, I do have to share one funny note with you though. So I don't know how to describe this other than it was it's just it's it's a power. It's a power within with this. So right before the the bottom of the eleventh started, actually I'm yeah right before the bottom of the eleventh, I was I was out in the kitchen during the eleventh. I got some some rolled gold pretzels, and I was like, all right, I'll have some pretzels. And then I was like, nah, I want to spice it up a little bit. I hadn't had any type of, like, sweet today or anything. I just – I've had some lunch, but I hadn't had any sweet or anything. So I, I got some chocolate chips, just general chocolate chips, put them in a bowl, stuck them in the microwave, melted them up a little bit, was dipping them, and then the Yankees win. I mean, that – I think it's going to be the meal of the season now. I mean, that's the go-to meal. I mean, if, if you need a, like, if, if the Yankees are going to need a win, I'm going to, you're, you know, you're going to text me and say, Joey, go out, get some roll gold and, and put those chocolate chips in the microwave. Like it's, a, I think maybe, maybe that's the rally call for the year. Pretzels and chocolate how would chips. You, 
how would you rate that out of 10 out of like the the meal like the snack yeah yeah i think it's a i mean pretzels and chocolate but it's like melted at the same time what are we basing it against like just any type of dessert sure or any snack any oh i mean snack wise i mean that's a solid like 9.5 really well i mean think about it you're combining chocolate with the saltiness and the pretzel and all that combined i mean that's a pretty solid snack and it's not terribly unhealthy if because i had dark chocolate chocolate chips so i mean that's like the diet that's like the diet chocolate so I'm more of a fan of like when all is said and done i think i think it's a quality snack I like that. That um, this is probably more on the healthy side, but that the vanilla yogurt pretzels or whatever. Oh, I know those it's are good. Totally. I know it's totally different. No, it's, it's, it's completely it's different. But that's good on a whole other level. <laughs> no, no, not I even, like. I like close those. the same, but it's good. Yeah, I like those. Probably more healthier. And also, yeah, they're they are healthier. Actually, I, see, this is the thing. Are they though? Because yogurt has fat. If you're com- stacking it up against well, dark chocolate, then no. What if it's non-fat yogurt covered pretzels? <laughs> See, to me, when you say that, it's very unappealing. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I think that's we a need. Game. We need the fat. Hey, speaking of food that yeah. you watch during sporting eat during sporting events. Yes, you got an update. You got an update for us. I, I do. Know what the update is. I, I know do. What the update is. I do. So, <laughs> on the last episode, I mentioned. Um, the food bracket challenge that I run uh, for this is the third year now of sports food madness, which I, I run on my, I ran on my Twitter at Joey LaFranca. And this year I also ran it on, I, this is associated with um, who I work with. So section seven athletics. So at section seven on, on Instagram and, and also on Facebook um, we had 64 foods you would commonly eat. Some might be a little bit of a stretch, but mostly foods you would eat while watching or attending a sporting event. Um, there were some bougie options in there. I mean, if you're if you're diving into baked beans at a sporting event, I mean, oh, that's you're an interesting fellow. Um, but at the same time, so the tournament has come and gone, and the new champion, after two years of pizza winning, is now chicken wings. Chicken that's wings right. won the third year of sports food madness. It was right. an interesting tournament right to the end. So pizza did make it, cheese pizza made it right to the championship, but chicken wings prevailed. I believe it was 360 to 362 to 194 or something like that. Oof. And yeah. I haven't tallied up the final votes yet, but I feel very confident in saying that we got over about 28,000 votes, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um, lots of, lots of reach. I don't know if we reached anybody of our, of our podcast listeners, but at the same time, I do think it's pretty cool. We had a really good response. And um, at the end of the day, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, this was all created when the pandemic started. It was just a stupid way to make people laugh and have a little bit of fun right when we got into the heart of the pandemic that first spring. So that's what it was all about. And it's nice to see it continue. It's kind of evolved a little bit. People kind of know what it is now, at least where we, at least up where we are. You know, it's a whole thing, you know, and I'd love to take it to that next level. I'd love to make it a uh, I'd love to make it that that global that not the global, but the uh, the the Yankee, the Yankee nation type of type of reach, you know, Yankee universe. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. So, yeah, Chicken Wings won Sports Food Madness. Very good tournament as a whole. Um, The final four was Chicken Wings against Chicken Tenders. 
And then the other one was pizza again. I can't even remember who the other one was against. But I thought the chicken wings, chicken tenders debate was actually interesting. I mean, because that, that really depends on the mood you're in. Sometimes I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you flat out. If somebody put, if somebody says, "Do you want chicken wings or chicken tenders?" Sometimes I'm going to go with the tender. You give me a nice. I'm not ketchup. a huge chicken tender fan. You give though. me a nice ketchup with that, an organic ketchup. You know, that's it's that's organic crucial. ketchup. That's organic, right. Organic ketchup. <laughs> that's right. We're gonna get that Heinz sponsorship real quick. <laughs> Nothing better. But yeah, so that's that's that. Um, on the flip side of things, as we move forward. So what time are we playing tomorrow? 405. It's a Fox game. So it's a Fox game? Okay. But I believe so, it's still going to be on Yes. Oh, it's going to be on Yes too? I yes think as well. That's what the MLB app said. Yeah. Okay. That's what the so, MLB app said. So regardless, so obviously the storyline that shifts to tomorrow is how does Luis Severino look? Um, what, are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what to think. I'm going to compare Severino's first month and a half, two months to that of what Corey Kluber's were last year, where he was kind of getting his foot, his feet back underneath him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think his command is going to be, I think he's going to be all over the place. Um, And like if, if Luis Severino goes out tomorrow and gives up like four or five runs and only makes it through three innings, like, yeah, you can be mad because that's, like an awful like circumstance to be in um (laughs) but i like don't overreact to it he hasn't made an official start since the american league championship series in 2019 it's crazy (laughs) which is crazy that's crazy to think about i mean they gave him that four-year extension and he's made like three starts since it's pretty it's it's pretty wild to be honest and it's kind of it's kind of sad wasn't he still in arbitration during that like what was the whole point of giving him that yeah, I think so. I don't know. Ask Brian Cashman. They probably wanted to buy out his <laughs> arbitration years. He probably was going to get like twelve and thirteen million dollars, and you're like, "No, we'll settle for 10. Oh yeah, I mean that's what they did with Hicks, and I still think that was one of the biggest mistakes was... the Yankees have ever made. Um, you know, at the time that was a decent contract because he was coming off a year where he played, but that's the problem. He doesn't play. Yeah, he doesn't play. Um, when he hit that ball off his foot today, we were both saying Hicks is done for the season. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we he's, saying, done he's done for the rest of the remainder of the contract he was, he was, he was done um also too, that. we say that jokingly also i for for, for me i hope eric Hicks has a great year i mean i do i do it's just it's a it's kind of a it's kind of one of those footnotes that you always have to put with the yankees but on the other side of things one thing that we have to say thank god anthony rizzo is okay I mean, that, that when he got hit today, I was like, oh, man, that – I mean, his hand is shattered. Get Greg um, Bird up here. Greg, Yeah, Greg Bird. Oh, my goodness. Can you Dude, imagine? He homered in his first at-bat in AAA. Of course he's – you know he's going to be on the team this year. That you was, know it's, that's you know, what, so, that's what Yankee Twitter was saying. Something really crazy is going to happen, and he's going to be on the team. <laughs> you, I, Anthony Rizzo got hit, and Yankee Twitter was like, oh, get Greg Bird up here. Yeah, Greg get, Bird like, up. Get him no, in the lineup I, tomorrow. I, I, I'm really I'm hopeful that um, he he's okay tomorrow as well. Um, but hey, watch this. This this was this is what will happen tomorrow. You ready? Okay. Lemayhu will be Re- at first. Lemayhu will be at first. They're gonna say, "Oh, Rizzo needs a day because of his hand." So then the, 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 it's gonna be the it's already started the never ending cycle. Yeah. Oh no, he needs a day, dude. They've all played one. Uh, that's my favorite. Oh, he needed a day. You play one game. General soreness. Yeah, general. General Soreness, the worst army leader in the history of all service. Any branch, General Soreness is the worst. 
But he Jason always Tatum and Al Horford but, know about general soreness. But he or she always pops up. General soreness. Always. I mean, it's it's everywhere. He or she is everywhere. Makes me want to roll my eyes. I just want to know what General Soreness's first name is. It must be something <laughs> absolutely just terrible. Because we only hear General. We never know what the first name is. We just hear General Soreness. Maybe it's the first name. It could be that. You know? Yeah, I they gotta find a better term for that. They really it just sound I mean, so to. pathetic. It, yeah. I'm sick of hearing general soreness and sticky stuff. That's those are the two things I'd never I could I, I could do without I hearing. Didn't hear, that again. I didn't hear sticky stuff today. It's shocking. I did see though they are still checking the pictures. I saw they checked Clay Holmes when he walked off the mound and the the ump just checked his hand and he walked off. Like yeah, he they're not checking gloves, the glove, they just like check the hand. The hell's the point hell's the point of doing that? I mean I don't know. How <laughs> and and it's funny too, because they just kind of looked like would you wouldn't you want to like kind of like look I don't know, it's very weird. You know, it, yeah, I mean that's was... all that's all you can do. I mean, it's it's bizarre, but so needless to say, good first day as a whole. I think this we were I, I gotta say this too. I kind of like as the game was going on today, because we had said we were going to record today, I kind of had like the I had the feelings of um, uh, I had I had let me try and describe this. I had the feelings of what I had when I was a sports reporter and like a game would go to overtime or like it just it would be longer than what it was supposed to be. And I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, let's get this game over with. Like, I want to record. I want to go <laughs> on with my day because like I got to tell you right now, like I'm pretty filled with energy, like because I'm high on like chocolate and pretzels. But at the same time, I, I'm very tired. Like I had a long week. Like I started out with a long week, you know, like, and, and people can relate to this. I started out my Monday. I went into work early because I had stupid jury duty. And then lo and behold, the jury, the case that I was supposed to get to, like got settled out of court, but that didn't help the matter. So I got up super early so I could get some stuff done at work. So then I went back to work. Then I kicked off my Monday with like a 12 hour day. So it's never a great way to start. So I'm really looking forward to like getting some sleep tonight. I don't know if I'm even going to make it to watch my nets tonight against the Cavs. Big game, big game, by the way, big game. So to everything, every game is a big game for them right now. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Basically the rest of the way, it's, hey, it's going to be a huge game. You talking some Celtics nets first round, maybe I I'm just, look. well, I mean, yeah, it could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially, with, saying, especially with the actually, wait, no, well, it's this, I don't think the so. Stand- I think oh, it's Buck. Are, I think it's going to be Bucks. Next. I was going to say, what do the standings look like now that the Celtics lost? Yeah, we lost. We kind of punted last night, um, but still almost won. Maybe the Celtics. Um, maybe the Celtics didn't want to play the Nets. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of it. Like they're, seven- they're good, but I don't know like what to think of them because it's like we almost beat the defending champs with. Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett. And... Yeah, that's kind of crazy. In a seven-game series against the Bucks, if the Nets end up playing the Bucks, that could be the NBA Finals. <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't say that could be the NBA Finals. That that's a, like that's like two juggernauts going up against it in the first round. That's and like that's, the worst. That's worst case scenario for the NBA. Honestly, I think it's worse. I, maybe not for the NBA. But it's definitely worst case scenario for the Bucks. I don't. The Bucks don't want to play the Nets in the first round. Do you, do they though? Let's face, let's I, face I feel it. the way nobody nobody wants to play the Nets in the first round. So are you talking like 
fans or are you talking team wise? Because team. like I, I know it's gonna sound biased for me, but like I can just tell you from listening to like Ime and the guys talk this year, like Boston does not care who they play. Like it's not ideal to draw the nets, but they just have this attitude since they've been like stomping teams that they're mm-hmm. just like, eh, if the nets are across from us, like, you know, what? if we're going to get to the finals, we're going to have to play them at some point. If we're going to get to the finals, we got to play the bucks at some point. So, well, like, and I think, I think that's it. the, no, I, I agree with that. And I think it's true though, as well, when, when you look at the way things are kind of shaping up, I mean, it's hard to say that in some combination, the nets, the Nets, Celtics, and Bucks. Two of the three, two of the, two, one of those three teams is going to have to beat the other two probably in each of the first rounds, just with the way things are shaping up. So I think no, that's, I think that's going to be interesting. No, I mean I think Philly's the fourth seed. I'm out on Philly. I I don't I don't really I don't really look too highly on Philly to be completely. They got the honest. greatest. They got James Harden, who's got a checkered playoff performance. In his yeah, past, it's, it's they'd roll. It's one of those things where, so here, like, let's look at the flip side of things, like with the Celtics. For the Celtics, I think you have like the great. You're right; they're just feeding off that energy of like each day they can go out and win. They don't care who they're going to play. With the Bucks, they have the natural. Um, they have the natural. Just they won the championship last year. They went through a lot to get there. Okay, great. Then you have the Nets. Now, this is this is all assuming they 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 advance through the play-in. And that that's a big assumption because who knows? I mean, it's a one-game crapshoot. But I do think, especially if the Nets can get the seventh seed, I I, I don't see how they lose both of the games. I would no. be more concerned. I would I feel a lot more confident in the first game against probably what would be the Cavs than I would against than I would Second against Second game. The, yeah. The, that's the what Hawks. a back-to-back usually. I don't know if it's back to back, but I know it would either be against the the Hawks. I I don't want to play the Hawks. I want nothing to do with the Hawks. Trey Young in one game. That's... Yeah, that's just a recipe for disaster. But needless to say, I think it, it will be interesting down the stretch. And then the West. I mean, it's the Suns. Phoenix. It's the Suns conference to lose. I mean, I don't think anybody's really. But Memphis loot. Memphis like wins whether they have Jaw or not. Which is yeah, crazy. it's kind of crazy. Memphis just has a bunch of ballers. Like they yeah. they just they just go out and play basketball. And that's kind of cool. That's who we got Sunday. That's who the Celtics have. Uh, maybe they yeah. maybe they mail it in though. The, yeah, but the, I don't know because the thing with Boston is it's going to be interesting with like the whole vaccine thing with Toronto because I guess Jalen Brown and Al Horford allegedly aren't vaccinated. So now you're going to run into that whole thing. Which I mean, Boston's been pretty tight at the the hip with the whole vaccination thing, but it's been. I mean, they, those are the only two that have really kind of ducked the the questions when it comes to the vaccine and so um i don't know we'll we'll see but the for the east at least like the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun i mean i i agree and also too i i i, I will say this completely miami is the most fraudulent one seed ever oh my god yeah yeah they i mean yeah they have 52 wins and they they might end up a little bit more but i i i i'm not scared of them in the least no, I'm no more scared. I'm more scared of the Bucks or Celtics or even Sixers for that matter. Before I'd be scared of the Heat. I I think for me it's the Bucks and the Nets for me, and that's that's pretty much it. And I think for for Boston, I think the best bet for them would be to sit and watch those two teams battle it out in the just first beat, round. Yeah, just beat up just on each other, kill one another for six or seven games, 
I don't, and you know, I feel like I almost feel like the Nets can beat the Bucks in that in that series in six or seven games. I mean, oh, I I, I do. I mean, I think the main thing that. I think the Nets are struggling with right now, but we saw it literally within the Knicks game. Now it's hard to use the, anything against the Knicks as a barometer, but at the same time, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie can get going at the same time, I mean, that's big because then what happens? The teams have to guard both of them. And then all of a sudden Seth, Seth Curry's wide open. Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, Drummond, even for that matter. No more James Johnson. Thank God. He was getting killed on that Twitter. I, I would well, just see it pop up. It was, it was, was he that right, bad? yeah, he was bad. It was right out. I mean, he just made some like terrible. He, I didn't like him because I found him to be a, like a dirty player, to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Like, he had some like legitimately, like, I mean, he got called for a lot of flagrant battles. And then mm-hmm. it was a, the game against the Hawks. Um, I don't know if it was right before or right after that. Uh, some, I think it was Durant who was talking about how the Nets were committing like very undisciplined fouls, this or that. I mean, the most undisciplined of undisciplined fouls, and it wasn't like a reckless foul or anything in terms of endangering somebody, but James Johnson like just takes a foul, like just to, just to take it. And they were already in the, the Hawks were already in the bonus. And then you could literally tell he had no idea the Hawks were in the bonus and everybody was looking at him like, what are you doing? And there was no reason to even take the foul. Like nobody was hurt. No, nobody was hurt. There, they, it wasn't like you know they were going to go in and, and and score like a layup or something. It was just a stupid foul, and 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 even James Johnson, you could literally like literally hear him go like, oh, you know what? Like you couldn't. I mean, it was unbelievable. And after that, I don't think he saw the court again. I'm pretty sure he didn't see the court after that. He was on the. He was. He had some. You know, probably Fugazi injury. General soreness. Yeah, general soreness. Um, and it, I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Um, he or she is everywhere, I should say. Um, it's it's just one of those things. So it's general soreness. I mean, if you want to win a war, you you install general soreness. You need some of that. You send general soreness to the war zone, and he or she will will take you down. In the most in the most pathetic way. (laughs) (laughs) That country doesn't stand a chance. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, so getting back to the Yanks, though, really good first win as a whole. I do. Th- I, I, I'm just generally excited to see like how this 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 um, this season plays out. Lots of moving pieces. I was just thinking about today, just so many different contributors. Um, it had a it had playoff vibes, to be completely honest, like it did. I, actually, I don't know if I should say that. I don't know. Maybe I was just really invested in it. I just really got into the game. I I, I was really enjoying it. It was there. I had was like, I was as well. It had some nice ebbs and flows to it as the game progressed, and and that's the crazy thing as a whole, though, right? Just one of one sixty two, because tomorrow the Yankees could lose thirteen to one. I'm more. I was more excited and more optimistic coming into today than I was last year. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I never really my, got into it last year. So I mean, here, I don't here, know why. here's my thought. I don't know if I. I don't know if I was more or less excited, but leading up to this season, before like pretty much before about, about a week ago, I my 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 mood kind of changed. I really wasn't excited at all. I was pretty down about the team. Um, <laughs> But as time has gone on, it's just like I, I, whatever I said, I think it was like on the last podcast, I said, just enjoy the season. If you're a Yankees yep. fan, just enjoy the season. See how it goes. 
don't don't think about the negatives. There's been plenty of negatives in the past. Don't think about those. Just enjoy the positives. And and that's really I think the the main thing at this point. Just enjoy what the team can bring to the table and and see what happens. Because there's a lot of moving pieces and it's very hard to predict what the Yankees are going to be this year. I mean, hey, you called it last year. The Yankees didn't hit in spring training. You called it out, and guess what? We didn't hit all year long. We I mean, literally didn't, didn't hit. Yeah, you didn't you didn't call it out this year, but I mean, we no. did well in spring training for the most part, and I mean, yeah. Here we go. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens moving forward. But other than that, any other thoughts? Yeah, Gary Sanchez would have caught Chapman's first pitch of the, that, when he came on. That was a put that great first pitch. I'm just kidding. I'm, that was I'm just kidding. What a way to start the year. Best pitch of the game. Oh, I yeah. mean, if that, if that, is, that is the most Aralus Chapman way to start a game. I personally yeah, love it. I, it gives I me – have, have, have you seen the movie Major League? Yes. Okay, so uh, literally you just need the Bob Uecker just a bit outside. The touch outside. <laughs> I mean, literally it yeah. goes right to the backstop. You, could, you couldn't script that any better. Only Chapman could do that, and nobody would even be concerned about it. Because the next pitch he threw like, was a, a good strike. It wasn't like right down the middle. It was located. It was like yeah. knee high on the corner. He, he, went, he went from throwing 94 to 101. Like yes. That's a bit of a drastic change. I was like – I was sitting there watching, I'm like, damn, Chapman's only hit 94? And then the yeah. next pitch is at 101, and I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, I, it was almost like he was he all, he all needed, like, a couple more warm-up pitches or something. But, yeah. I don't know, it's fun. I, I can tell, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because we're older now, and, like, we just, like, we, enjoy, we, we know the flaws that this team could potentially have. We laugh at them, and then when they do well, we're, we're happy. I mean, that, we, we, know, we know what this team can be. I mean, they can be really good, and other days they can look like a complete dumpster fire. And that is the beauty of what yeah. the Yankees have become. Yeah. You know, so I think that's a great way to close it off, though. And I got to say dumpster Definitely. fire. I got to say dumpster fire. Love saying dumpster fire. Is that your 2022 catchphrase or your? No, I, I've been I've used dumpster fire for. A couple You've been years. on that for a while now. Yeah, I mean it's All just right. it's just a fun word to use. All but right. other you may than have that, to keep that in your pocket. You I'm, glad, I'm glad I took a half day off of work. Oh, me too. I was the best. <laughs> it was it was the best. I uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I think that we can close it out now. So why don't you sign us off? Oh, actually, first, why don't you tell people right. where they can find us on social media? Uh, so Which is Instagram basically just is, Instagram now. <laughs> yeah, the Instagram is just at the Yankee Chambers, no underscores, no spaces or anything. Pretty user-friendly. Uh, then this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and yeah, I all didn't other, know any all of All the other places mentioned in episode 16. You remembered? Yes. Wow. Well, See, I, I didn't, it, I I heard didn't remember the I don't remember the episode. I didn't remember where you could find them. So I'm pretty sure it's episode yeah. 16. It's probably somewhere in there. But <laughs> all right. Yankees are undefeated. Um, it's been fun talking with you. But for now, we're exiting the Yankee Chambers. 